We up in this. Cha choi. Cha choi. My dad is at a soul show tonight wearing an afro. That's did you, great. Did you, did you think that's allowed? Do you think it's okay? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's allowed. <laughs> I think it's encouraged. Look, your dad has done more to advance the cause of Jewish people stealing from black artists <laughs> than maybe anyone. Well done. Well done with that take. <laughs> I'm Q And I'm Jewish Dave This is Bird Road This is Bird Road um, When's the last time you ate at Benihana? You know what? I, I was actually thinking about this like a year or two ago I don't know if I ever have I, I feel like I probably did when I was a kid That's insane that you've never eaten at Benihana Yeah, I feel like I did when I was a kid Because I remember the hibachi and all that And everybody had their like Everybody had their like 14th birthday party. Right, right exactly. It was like yeah. it felt adult. Like you thought that that's what adults did. Eat yeah. at a place like that. Yeah, no. I I and I don't I definitely never as an adult have never been there. That's for sure. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, I w- I was just there yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um Well, you're a business bear, so that's why. Yeah, well, I am a business bear. <laughs> no, but it struck me I was having this this thought that um like the the sum total of how do I put this? Like Benny Hanna cooks put more art and creativity into the world in like the before the lunch rush is mm-hmm. over than the than the typical like Pratt graduate or like Juilliard graduate does in a month or a year. Sure. Yeah. They yeah. do like so much more to entertain and the creativity of the thing that they do is so much more profound and meaningful than anything that I, I feel like I've been watching that TV show Barry and um, it's about well, one of the main themes in it is like the vapidness of the art of acting and how worthless uh-huh. it is and how the people who do it are per- particularly worthless people. Right, right. And just like also just bad people because yeah. the main the main character, <laughs> it's one of these, it's an interesting take on that whole like that that TV trope of like bad guy who's trying to convince you he's actually a good guy thing mm-hmm. because he this bad guy is a bad guy and um like incontrovertibly a bad person and he's the thing he's trying to do to prove that he's a good person is still just bad it's just the difference between being an assassin and being an actor which is just shades of gray in terms right, of being exactly. bad you know like you're yeah Assassins are horrible people because they kill and they take life, and actors are horrible people because they're completely self-absorbed and worthless. To because society. they're actors. They're actors. I don't know. That was that was that was kicking around in my head. Uh huh. Yeah. No. I I haven't been to one in a long time though. So I. But I know what you mean though because I've been to a hibachi bar and uh, I I know the. The, the amount of, of, of showmanship that they put into what they do is like a whole other level. That that's like, that that must be. A job like that's a hard job like that's so much work extra work that for the job really shouldn't be necessary but they just keep doing it yeah but i mean it's hard to imagine a person going to benihana without the showmanship right i mean yeah. the food's fine the food's yeah. good but without that the food it's just basically like uh what's that place that i threw up all over your apartment that fast casual place payway uh, payway it's just payway right without yeah. the without the performance it's just payway yeah then again that was a pretty good performance so you throwing up all, over. <laughs> all i'll remember is that it like i i didn't clean it because i was not in a condition to be cleaning anything and i came in the next morning to clean it because i wasn't just gonna leave it there for you and it was just it had caked it had yeah. turned into <laughs> like a like payway had been it looked like a sponge in. cake it was like a sponge <laughs> Jesus I don't think I want to live. I was four. I was you, fourteen you years did ago. That. You that did f- that. That was fourteen years ago, and and I still haven't had payway. I'm sure I never will. I'll never be able to get that out of my mind. Um, yeah, it was terrible. 
Oh uh, man! So, so this is uh this is our sixtieth episode, huh? <sighs> yeah, it is. That's um, pretty cool. Sixtieth, it's not really doesn't matter. I like round numbers. It's fun. Great. You, know? you think we'll get to a hundred? I don't think so. I think so. This think. Is a ba- it's a it's a bad podcast. <laughs> you mean the, the this episode or the whole show? No, I mean we have moments where we're good uh-huh. and we you know. Last couple were really good, I think. Yeah. But I mean, th- this one, time will tell, but, you know. <laughs> time will tell. I was looking through, um, I was looking through my, like, old screenshots and things that I saved, like images that I saved on my, in my, on my cell phone. Mm. And there's this, there's this, this point. Like I don't know. I guess it was right around election time, or maybe like pre, pre twenty seventeen, like twenty sixteen and back, where I look at some of the um, things that I saved, like political tweets or political memes or something, and I don't remember now if I saved them ironically or because I really actually agreed with them back then. <laughs> right, right. You're so young. <laughs> like my brain has just been like completely poisoned. My DNA has changed. It's on. It's like reading the diary of a stranger. I'm like, I'm like, what do they mean by this? Like, it's very opaque, and I, I, I feel like it's really just the result of you know having, um, having changed so do, much. Do you think about that change? I feel about things. Is that change for the better, or is it just every everything's awful now? It's way worse, but it's by necessity. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't. Um, like I would never earnestly share a tweet about how uh, all of Hillary's positions are on her website. Like mm. I would never share. Like because remember that was like a thing. I re- I don't know. I stumbled across that. It was I stumbled across some stupid ass tweet that I saved. I don't know if I ever tweeted it myself, but I saved it. Um, where it said something like uh, it was like a, a a screenshot of like somebody saying. Hillary has no position on this. Hillary has no position on that, and um, and then like juxtaposed with like her website, like her about us page or something, or yeah, about yeah. my my positions page or whatever. And uh, like I would, I had to be twenty nineteen. Q mm-hmm. looks at that and is like, no, nah, you had to be kidding when you were when you saved that, right, right. And, but like I also can think back of like how earnestly. I was looking forward to a continuation of the Obama presidency, um, you know, sort of just, I don't know, ignorantly, just hoping to, like, maintain status quo. Like, I wasn't really, I don't know, I wasn't active or thinking of, I mean, I was I was to the left and I was a leftist, but I wasn't, like... You were, nor- you were normal. I was a normie. I was a normie. <laughs> yeah. And it was I was saving some normie-ass shit. And, uh, like... I kind of wish I could just go back to it, but I don't think you can. You it would be so, back. it would make life so much easier, but it, I don't think you can either. It's one of those things where once you see, you're like, it's like, then it becomes either really fucking run forward or just completely disconnect. Those are your only two options at that point. What do you mean by run forward? Like run forward, like with, with the the thinking of a progressive, of like a real leftist progressive. No, yeah, and that's the that's the hard part. And you know, this is something that all the like the irony podcast guys and girls out in like Brooklyn have figured out, and I don't know how to do it because like when you when you get to a certain point, you kind of feel like you have to do something. But a lot of a lot of like left Twitter and left podcast world has found this great way to like. Um, to get to that point and continue to not do anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> it would be so much easier to just, like, not be like, because I, I, I kind of feel like, I don't know, like, you know, I joined the DSA. I became active doing that stuff as much as I can. At and least. how's that working out? I mean, whatever. Like, <laughs> hey, say what you want. They got, they, the, they got um, Amendment 4 in Florida passed, right? I mean, they were never going to get, like, a Democratic Socialist elected in fucking Florida, but... I mean, you know, they got they got that issue passed. They they had a few other uh, success successful um, efforts statewide and and locally that they that they backed. Uh, they have like they have no fucking resources, dude. The Democratic the the DSA has no money because there's no money behind taking their positions. Like adopting a DSA position doesn't come with some windfall of cash that's going to reward you for taking that position. There sure. isn't a uh, there isn't big poor. 
or big, you know, labor as much as people would like you. <laughs> like there is a labor union, uh, you know, there is there is money behind organized labor, but they're not coming at the DSA to help them or anything sure. like that. Yeah, and no, no. They're all working out of like dingy labor halls and shit like that. They're not like it, it's it's not like when you decide to align yourself with like Coke interests or Wall Street or something like that, where the money just starts falling in your lap. I mean, so with that very narrow purview, that very narrow like. The big the big argument on, on in the DSA in the last few months was like, do we endorse Bernie? Mm-hmm. And there were like ideological arguments about it, like, well, we, you know, there there's many who like kind of consider Bernie to just be this, um, you know, generic New Deal era uh, progressive, right? Or New Deal era um, progressive. Yeah, that's the right way to say it. And then the, and and their point being. As democratic socialists, we want somebody who would actually even be further to his left, or would right, further right. espouse our, um, our 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 most ardent views, right? But there's, and that's just bullshit. That's just the same liberal arts major arguments about like, well, this is technically Maoism, and that's technically you know communism. And the, well, yeah, like, you go down, you go down that slope, and it's it just never ends. Nothing's ever good enough. Yeah, but there's a there's a rational operational argument too where. The DSA says, "Well, look, we literally—it's—it's it's expensive and costly and time-intensive and resource-intensive to support a candidate. You don't just throw—if you're an organization, you don't just throw throw it out there in a press release that we officially endorse him. You actually have to then work on getting him elected, and you have to, you know, peel off resources. If we had had to peel off resources in Florida." from the DSA to try to get Andrew Gillum, who at the time, believe it or not, as much as a sort of general centrist Democrat as he actually is, the, the DSA, there were conversations about like, oh, well, is this somebody that we want to um, that we want to support, right? And, and actually mm. vocally support. And he was fine. I mean, he would have made a fine governor, you know, for Florida, which is a big caveat. But that could have come at the expense of, uh, of, of passing Amendment 4, Right, because there's not a lot of people in the DSA. This isn't, and there's not a lot of money in the DSA. And mm-hmm. what they decide, what they decide to endorse and actually take on as political projects has to be carefully thought out. Because I mean, there's not a big budget there. Right. So your DSA fucking sucks out there in Vegas. I read that Does they, it? Um, yeah, it's terrible. They like are super transphobic, or not, not transphobic. Sorry, they're uh, super. Um, Hostile. It's apparently a very hostile place for people who uh, work in the in in uh, sex work. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, did yeah. Did you hear about that? Or did uh-huh. we talk about this already? Or no? Well, not on the show. I think we talked about it on Messenger. But yeah, yeah. I well, I here's my understanding of it. And I mean, I I don't give a shit if they don't like me or not. So I my understanding of it is the DSA was having a meeting. And a group of like three or four sex workers walked into the meeting screaming for the who meeting members, to be stopped. Though, who are members right, of the DSA? Right. Who were members right. of the DSA? But screaming for the meeting to stop and uh, for everything to be dropped and for them to be given complete control of the meeting so they could talk about, you know, whatever sex worker related things that they wanted to talk about, which are, of course, very, you know, valid points to have, but, you know fucking put it on the fucking agenda you know what i mean like walking in and just start screaming and disrupting when they said will you please calm down you know it just led to more and more screaming until security had to be called and now the dsa sucks so you know i it's one of those things where i certainly wasn't there so i i i shouldn't have an opinion on it but it sounds like they were being children i mean that sounds like bullshit though i i I read a lot about the only DSA, it seems, the only chapter that seems worse than that is the one in L.A., which is, mm-hmm. like, just a haven for all the the jokes about what DSA people are. Like, that it's, like, a, a bro-y, you know, all-male, unfriendly place for women. Apparently, the L.A. DSA is literally that. Like, it's just a bunch of... Um, Bernie like bros. This, yeah, well, and they're, like, <laughs> harassers, and they... Uh, this is what I've read. I don't know if this is true or not, but... They're just a bunch of harassers and all in out, all in all, like you know, unsavory dudes to be around. And uh, so, like, <laughs> I guess like a bunch of women have just quit. Which 
Honestly, you know what? If you're a woman, you probably should just quit. I, I mean, like, <laughs> quit being involved in politics. It's it's not going to work out good for you. It's just going to be. I mean, they're they're going to be better off for it. You know, their lives are going to be better for not having gotten involved in the first place. You're going to be used as a token. You're going to be used as like uh, something to be held up as proof that misogynist people aren't misogynist. And like, like, why why bother? (laughs) What I want to do is I like this new attitude out of you. I I, I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. We're getting really close to that point of... Desperation. Not even desperation. How can you be... How can you be desperate in this world? Like, who's going to care? Nobody. Who's going to care that you're desperate? Not a single person. Just die quietly. (laughs) Emphasis. The emphasis is on quietly. Die quietly and shut the fuck up. Q, what are you doing to help the sex workers in Las Vegas? I can't. I can't do anything. I'm necessarily banned <laughs> from partaking in anything that has to do with that. Uh, imagine if that became your pet cause. <laughs> just full time. Full time. I gotta help the sex workers. That's like my thing. I've passed the sex workers. I'm past them. I was talking about how this woman, Cindy Yang, uh, the woman who owns the um, the spa in West Palm Beach, who is now apparently very like politically connected to Donald Trump, the oh, woman yeah. where you know the 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 owner of the the football team, the Patriots, <laughs> right, uh, right, got caught there, and um, so it's I, I just think it would be funny. I know that the last name Yang is like basically like Smith in China, mm-hmm. but it would still just be really funny if she was somehow related to Andrew Yang, who's running for president. <laughs> <laughs> the tech the tech guy like it would just i don't know it would just be one of those like really fun things and i feel like you it doesn't even have to be true we could just start saying it's true yeah and, if we uh, say it it'll, it'll just say it. happen it'll it, i mean it's probably true <laughs> it's a slippery slope right there oh my god that's the most racist thing i've ever heard you say i can't believe you just did that <laughs> That's horrible. I'm cutting this part out, dude. I'm not going to be fucking canceled over you with your fucking Asian joke. That's a that's a violently offensive Asian joke. I, I plead the fifth. I can't believe you just did that. I did. I did nothing. I can't I believe you just sword. did that. That's the most racist thing you've ever said on this podcast. I didn't say anything though. It's one of the top like thirty most racist things you've said not on the podcast. What about today? Today, it's almost it cracks the top ten today. Um, well, that's not good. Cursed Jen Nielsen uh, is out as Trump's Homeland Security Secretary. We're getting breaking word. I thought right you were about now. to start talking about Kirsten Dunst all of a sudden. Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. Look. By the way, don't fucking put the the I before the R. It's not. <laughs> that's not what the name is. It's not. Right. I don't care. Kirsten isn't a fucking name. Kirsten is a, a plea for attention. The people who name their kids that, come on. Like, just get a hobby and meet people and develop actual interpersonal relationships. You don't need to do these desperate cries for help by calling your kid Kirsten. Hey, I, I, You're going to find somebody that cares about you eventually. Just because you let some some <laughs> thankless asshole <laughs> plow some sperm into you and shit out a Kirsten doesn't mean that you have to stay in those circumstances forever. You can find people that give a fuck about you without naming your kid some desperate cry for help. Do you think there was a Kirsten before, like, the 90s? For sure. There was... Um... I mean, like alive or yeah, famous? Uh, no, or like, yeah, no. Or, uh, an adult, an adult. Kirsten Gillibrand is like seventy, isn't she? I don't know. Like, so that's before the nineties. Hmm. Okay. How old is Kirsten Gillibrand? I don't know. Those are like those 50, are. I'm guessing those are two 55. names that don't. Those are two names that don't mean anything. Two two dumb names. Yeah, Kirsten Gillibrand is fifty-two. So I was close with, with my guess of seventy. And then Kirsten Nielsen, she's holding up real well. 
but uh, <laughs> she, hey, uh, how, how close are you to your microphone? A little further than normal. Why are you noticing? No, 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 no. I uh, I found myself lately, I, like my nose practically touches my mic. That's probably bad, right? That's bad mic control. I don't know. Especially because for these I, SM7Bs, they don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to be that close to them. But I feel like it sounds really good in my recordings. And I, I've been doing this lately, and I kind of I kind of like it. Well, it's modulating, I'm sure. It's like figuring out, you know, the things good. you're doing wrong. Let it figure it out. It's like this 3D printed house that I want. <laughs> Is that you now? Is that look not to wait, not to that, harp on this? That's the first time my my best friend in the whole world said the word three D printed. <laughs> this, is harp, a, this is this is weird. Not to harp on this. Not to harp on this, but it's very soothing to watch this machine make this house. Like to just the see fuck the is happening. Just to see this the like this the the even smooth rails of cement being laid down. Um, like layer after layer after layer is just very soothing and um, not even soothing. What's the feeling when you're, when like you're a baby and your mother is rocking you that feeling like security. (laughs) It's bliss, I guess bliss. It's very blissful. So what are you going to do once the 3d printed house has been printed? Make another one. I'll die in it. I'll just die in it. (laughs) Getting weirder as I'm you gonna get older. Make, get made out in the desert. Hopeless cue is is a very interesting cue. Um, should we promote uh, the live show? You want to do that? Sure. Um, I I know that it's May eighth. Did I get that right? Great job. Yeah. Okay. It's May eighth. It is at. I can't remember the name of the place. I know it's in Miami, though. Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden is not in Miami. If we booked a show at Madison Square Garden, would you show up? I mean, as long as I didn't have anything else going on. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would. I would be there for the Madison Square Garden. I would be there for a show outside of Madison Square Garden, just on the street. Where's the limit? <laughs> Would you be at? Would you be there for a show at Rock the Bells 2004 opening for Wu Tang? Ooh, that in sounds San pretty Bernardino. good. That sounds pretty good. That was pretty. It was pretty good. You know, I read about it. I I, I googled that because that was a show that you and I went to, and mm-hmm. um, I read it. I read about that. Apparently, uh, like that was like a legendary show. Like a bunch of magazines and shit wrote about that show i th- I think it was like the first time they were all together right and for the la- like and the last many time. years the oh last yeah time and ever. the last time yeah yeah odb died like two months later and mm-hmm. so that was it that was the last time first time in 10 years that they had been on stage together and the last time that they would ever be on stage hmm. as originally constituted <laughs> so <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah so that was a that was a thing it's a good notch on our belts. Oh, yeah. W- w- let's get back to it. Um, Christian Nielsen is out as Trump's Homeland Security uh, Secretary. Mm. And um, I think she's like... I don't think she's too old to pick up on the model on a career as a model. Um, they, they're using really bad pictures of her. I mean, they could use way better pictures I'm, of her. I'm bringing models. her up right now. There's also an actress named Kirsten Nelson, so I brought her up first by accident. But now I'm looking at Nelson. What's this shit, man? Stop naming kids that shit, man. So the the general thought, oh, like Samantha sh- B. Ugh, God, another one. <laughs> Fucking another asshole. Another asshole. Like with a. <laughs> have you ever seen somebody um, with like a huge enthusiastic smile but dead eyes? That's yeah, Samantha yeah. B. <laughs> Just like complete dead eyes, like that she's, I don't know, like a demon that's trying to trick you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Samantha B. A demon who is pretending to be human and is trying to trick you out of shekels or something. <laughs> All right, honest que- honest question. Um, before it was, it was two hours ago, right? Like, I'm looking at the news right now. It was two hours ago that she uh, resigned. Yeah. Yeah. So before two hours ago, did you know Kirsten Nielsen? Did I know who 
Kirsten Nielsen was from the from the the Bush administration. Yes, you fucking moron. Everybody yeah. did. You're no. the only one who didn't. Never heard of her in my life. Ah, oh, for um, <laughs> wait, there's a J in her name. Yes, Christian. <laughs> Because I guess she's from Dutch stock. What's happening? Uh, she ran Homeland Security. Um, she's a, a, a former like Bush acolyte, uh-huh. and uh, she is probably the worst, most extreme, cruelest person to ever run that department. One of the worst people in the Trump um, orbit in the Trump cabinet. Oh, I'm glad she's, she's the, resigning. She's the one that oversaw... What? No. <laughs> God damn, man. This is like walking a child through a, a, a park. Walking a child through a nature trail. It's... Honestly, it's like... <laughs> Her policies and the things that she put... The, the, the administration's policies that she enforced, I should say, were horrible. Like, she... This is the person who... If you were to single out somebody most responsible for the separation policy for children, um, you know, getting lost in the system, being abused, being raped, uh, uh-huh. people in people in the system actually being killed and being brutalized and tortured um, on our on our on our soil, not even Guantanamo Bay, not even like fucking black sites, not even you know Abu Ghraib type shit. I'm talking about on. Our soil, people who committed no crime, because honestly, I don't, I don't recognize immigration laws as like violating them as being crimes. Because, right, right. You know, fuck this country, honestly, with it, with, with, with every, with the conditions that we've created in the countries that these people are running from. For us to call it a crime when they come here is, uh, is a joke. So I don't fucking care if they didn't. These people didn't commit a crime. It's not like they were terrorists, right. and um. And even if they were, they don't deserve to be fucking treated that way. They deserve like any other person. They deserve, uh, you know, uh, some some measure of due process. But that's not what was going on for the last. I mean, I, I, again, you have to have been trying really hard to not learn this woman's name because she's yeah. been at the forefront of like every single atrocity that the administration has perpetrated um, with respect to Homeland Security, ICE. And um, immigration agents and all the terrible shit that's been going on. It's her, and the only reason that she, the only reason that she's resigning is because she's at loggerheads with Trump over his uh, mandate for her to be more cruel. And the person, <laughs> the person that the person that he's going I, to. Re- I love politics. It's great. <laughs> the person that um, he's going to. There's a couple of candidates that they've mentioned, but I, I don't know. This podcast we're recording it on Sunday evening, and it could end up being some somebody completely different. So I'm not going to bother guessing. But the 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 people, the candidates that are being considered are people who would just be even more like. Nielsen, you expect, probably wants some sort of career in whatever the Republican Party looks like after Trump because she's a pretty young woman and um, and relatively young. I didn't mean pretty, although she is pretty. Uh, <laughs> but the, she, uh, she, she, she's a relatively young woman and she wants to have a career in whatever, um, you know, whatever uh, bamboo shoots grow out of the ashes of what Trump leaves behind as a as the um as the Republican Party. And to that end, she can't I mean, she literally can't go on television and slit a Ecuadorian child's throat. <laughs> if she Are if, you I, sure about that? Like, I mean <laughs> I, I I mean it's possible. One day we got a lot of time left. We got like five years left. So. Look, one day she's gonna want to be um she's gonna want to be like Secretary of State in the George Prescott Bush the third, George P. Bush the third, who, by the way, what a bitch you are, Jeb Bush. You named your kid George your son, George Bush the third. That's a and cuck move. Your dad that's such a cuck move. Your dad didn't even name you George. Your dad didn't name you George. He named your brother George. You're not even the bearer of the name. And you're such a little bitch that you named your son the 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 family name. So 
George Bush the fourth or third or fourth. I don't know. George Prescott Bush. I don't know. He's some fucking uh, Bureau of Land Management uh, director out in Texas right now. In like eight years, he'll be he'll be the president in like eight eight to twelve years. If uh, in the alternate reality where everybody decides that they don't like the whole Trump thing and and the tr- the Trumps end up like not being presidents for you know just handing the presidency down to each other <laughs> in that for the science next 26 fiction years yeah and that's science fiction where that doesn't happen in that imaginary world where that shit doesn't happen <laughs> um so whatever one way or another something's gonna happen there's gonna be some sort of moderating influence on the uh, on the Republican party where I don't know enough of the enough of their brains literally melt instead of just figuratively melting enough of their uh <laughs> constituents brains actually melt in front of their televisions and they don't have enough voters to keep winning their elections by losing by 30 million votes or whatever um so she's going to want to be part of that cuz she's still going to be a relatively you know young person with all her her best days of like you know i don't know bombing cambodians or whatever she wants to do or like uh, like neutering Iranian people, um, and like whatever it is that whatever her career goals are, she's gonna have her best years of that ahead of her still. So she can't go too far with everything that that Trump is asking her to do today, and so she's smartly, um, wisely quitting. Now, what's gonna happen is Trump's gonna get like, like he's gonna get Lou Dobbs outfitted with like a mech suit to go to go down <laughs> and and run the cartels in in fucking Guatemala and gun down babies in their cribs and like because there is no end of Lou Dobbs types like type people 90 year old 90 year old maniacs who don't give a fuck and are in some position of prominence and will just do anything to be a part of the Trump orbit, you know, like they don't give a fuck. They'll just go do it. If Donald mm-hmm. Trump is like, you know, douse the real grande in in oil and light it on fire, they'll just do it without caring. <laughs> because they don't they don't need to work in the future. They're you know, they're fine. Um, so look for more fun stuff on the border. You know, I real question, what um Real talk. We're, we're, yeah, real talk. We're we're joking about this uh, this future, but what do it's you funny. think the, the the Republican uh, future looks like? Like, what do you really think is gonna happen? I'm not like a student of that stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I never. There are people that I listen to or read who have a firm grasp on historical precedents of, like the you know the 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 Tories splitting in half and then becoming irrelevant and the rise of the you know, what we consider to be the Democratic Party and then the way that those two parties, sort of the polarity, the polarities shifted of the Republican and the Democrat parties because the Democrat Party was the party of, um, you know, sort of conservative values and uh, mm-hmm. and racism for, yeah. like, for like a solid hundred years. And um, the Republican Party was the, uh, the party of sort of pragmatic, you know, and generally liberal... Um, generally progressive values and they you know with the southern strategy i'm not going to get into all that history because honestly I'll, I'll misstate it i'm not fucking smart enough to go through it but i do know that um you know lbj uh had a lot to do with as as you know historically was said you know losing the uh the the south the democratic party losing the south for the next 50 years and it's actually been longer than 50 years i think it was originally said that it, that LBJ said we just lost the South for the next 50 years. That was, I mean, more than 50 years ago at this point, and Democrats have still lost the South uh, because of LBJ's support of um, the civil rights movement. And, um, Mm. you know, that's just a general, do your own reading. Go pick up fucking The People's History of the United States by uh, Howard Zinn. Yeah, I have that, actually. So, but, I mean, I'm not going to, like, rehash all that. My point is that when a party dies... Or when a party becomes something else, like the people that were in it still have to exist, right? Like, what do they go right, do? Right. And in our modern era, the question is way more complicated because the last time a major political party in this country died, the overwhelming majority of the human beings in the country couldn't vote. 
women couldn't vote, and basically just white landowning men could vote. Right, right. And so, I don't know. I think a lot of it is tied into, you know who's touching on this shit the, the most? Like what the, the futurism that I think we should be talking about? And hmm. I'm, again, I've, I've said this before on the podcast, I'm not prepared to actually support him or anything like that. And I still think he's very crackpot-ish, but fuck it, whatever, is Andrew Yang, right, um, right. who's talked about, you know, he didn't just, I think a lot of people, the tweet length review of Andrew Yang is like, oh, he's throwing out the universal basic income, just, um, you know, it's like free money to get gamers to be able to just <laughs> sit in their apartment and it's, sit in their mom's basement and game forever. But, I, you know, yeah, there is that element to it, but there's, I think, a little more to it. Like, he understands that there's not going to be, and the people who are subscri- sub- who are subscribing to the concept of universal base- basic income, I think, understand that there's not going to be this, um, this, this endless wealth of uh, productive jobs for a long time. Actually, they're right, all going exactly. away, right? And I, I'm going a, this sort of long route to answer your question to get to this. Like, what does that end up looking like? Are those people by let's say the year 2028 those millions and millions of, of american men playing video games during the prime years of their working life who don't really have a lot to offer and who are maybe subsisting off of a universal basic income or they've started a podcast or i don't know <laughs> like whatever it is that they're doing at that point which isn't is gonna be not real work like let's right. be honest it's not gonna be real work Okay, what is their position and how do they get there? Are they reactionary? Are they pissed off at the left for having left them behind and not being the party of labor and thinking that the left should have found a a better way of creating jobs or maybe gotten out of the way of the right, which the, the conservatives who in their mind have always been the party of jobs? Or will they, I don't know, will they just kind of like their situation? Will they be okay with it? I mean, will they be fine with subsisting on a universal basic income along with like, I don't know, a patchwork of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uber (laughs) and a a patchwork of, of, of other income sources and, um, and, and welfare benefits and things like that. And, uh, and, and other, um, entitlements like, how, how will it play out? Will it be draconian? Will it be like for like the way that black people have for decades had to deal with like you know the um, the admin the the indignities and the administrative problems of of getting your EBT card and mm-hmm. get or getting your food stamps and and um, you know people of I, I shouldn't just say black people poor people in general have had to deal with those indignities and the these flawed systems and seeing the erosion of those systems over the over the decades from being you know federally supported to becoming block grants that are really shitty and don't work that well if they go this big huge group of loud online people like white gamer dudes who are wasting the years that would be the career years if they go the route of um of just being reactionary, I would guess that the the GOP is going to split in half and it's going to turn into this sort of theocratic, like half of it is going to be like this theocratic, um, religious uh, heartland party of people who exult or, 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 or pay lip service at least to traditional conservative values and um, go to church and uh, have huge houses in Bentonville, Arkansas, and like that—that's going to be half of the party, and the other half is going to be, um, you know, uh, Kekistani, uh, you know, four chan dudes who <laughs> will continue to support Trump, right? And the the or or Trumpian policies or whoever the avatar for for Trumpism is eight years from now after right. he after like he chokes to death on a Big Mac or whatever. And um so like there will be somebody who comes after Trump who who takes that playbook shamelessly and just runs with it and is like completely ready to be that. I think it's gonna be our governor, Ron DeSantis. I think he's gonna be that guy. Um the, here in Florida, the, the governor of Florida who yeah. has shown a willingness with sort of a wink and a nod to be a 
Junior Trump. Like, he is probably... And he's got all these earmarks that, uh, that, that frankly, Trump doesn't have. Like, it, it's, it's apparent that he's probably smart. He's not just powerfully stupid the way Trump is. Um, <laughs> he went to Harvard and Yale. He served in, I think, in Iraq or Afghanistan, even though he was nowhere near any action. He was a lawyer. But still, that, that nuance is usually lost in those conversations. Like, if somebody sure. went and served in Iraq or Afghanistan, that's all you need to know. And um, so somebody like him will come and continue to take up the mantle. Like Ron DeSantis is garbage enough that he would probably never be allowed in like polite D.C. Republican circles. Like you'll never see him hobnobbing with like a Mitt Romney or like, right, uh, you know, right, right. Or, or, or like, you know, where he's still alive a John McCain. Right. You wouldn't see him in mentioned in those circles. But guess what? Trump's circle is the only one that matters right now. Mitt Romney's circle, circle doesn't fucking matter. The housebroken Republican circle doesn't matter. Gives a fuck. So I think that there'll be a split along those lines, and I don't know how it will look practically. Um, I think it's honestly way more likely that the, that the, the Democratic Party will split. Seems like both will, if that's possible. I don't know if it is. But... The thing is that the, that the left wing of the Democratic Party... And the center, or whatever, the more conservative, neoliberal, centrist, whatever you want to call it, mm. uh, wing of the Democratic Party, hate each other way more and are willing to uh, sublimate their hate that hatred far less than the two warring parties in the Republican Party, the two right. warring wings in the Republican Party. They have proven... That they will work, they will play nicely together. Apart from yeah. maybe like literally, Dave, literally a handful of, um, you know, David from David French style DC elitist GOP guys, like former Bush, like late 90s, early 2000s National Review types, right? Apart from those guys, the George Will crowd, the like I said before, the ones who really actually think that there is a good case for conservatism uh, that is moral and can be done um, ethically in, in lockstep with you know growth and capitalism and cutting taxes and all that shit, right? It's it's eight guys. It's eight it's eight people in the whole fucking country. <laughs> Apart from them, everybody else on the across the across ranks in the Republican Party from First time voters to, uh, you know, Turning Point USA people to, um, you know, literal skinheads to the, uh, the Trump kids and their weird group of fans. And like all these people are in a coalition and they're absolutely cohesive. They're fine together. They you never will hear. You'll never hear in a million years. Um, the criticism that everybody on the left last week was shitting all over everybody in the center. Uh -huh. And like the Rachel Maddows and the fucking, you know, um, the Pod Save America group and all those guys. Like getting absolutely shit on it. Getting their fucking, just their 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 tits lit up by um, <laughs> by people on the left for how wrong they were on the, on the, uh, on the collusion aspects of the Mueller report. And most right. likely a lot of the other aspects too, but we don't know that. Um, but... If you to listen to like a dirtbag left podcast for the last few weeks is to hear greater joy of dancing on the grave of those anticipation those anticipated results from that than than they would have had if an actual leftist won a uh, an actual right. seat like uh, any yeah. seat of importance which guess fucking what not one leftist has won fucking anything that matters in the last I don't know ever. And like, that's why it's so fucking hopeless. It's it's so hopeless. <laughs> they hate each other so much more. They hate it's e so true. You'll never hear what's uh, I don't and know. And then we hate. But then we hate ourselves. Really, <laughs> it goes out to it. We hate each other within the same thing. Like <laughs> you would never. Okay, when when they eventually cleared, I think it was the summer of 2016, right? When they eventually cleared Hillary Clinton of any wrongdoing in Benghazi, when she was cleared, mm -hmm. which, by the way, hasn't happened, it bears noting, 
that Donald Trump, in fact, has not been cleared of wrongdoing. He's been cleared of, we think he's been cleared of collusion. A lot of people seem to know a lot more. Like the people in the, the, the Maddow crowd seem to think that, um, you know, there's still things that we haven't found out. We haven't heard from so-and-so. <laughs> and, and this person is, uh, you know, William, uh, William Barr is probably, uh, we have evidence has misrepresented the reports. And then people on the, on the far left, the, I don't know. I like these guys, but I was just listening to their podcast struggle session, right? They're, they've always been a thousand percent sure because of their, their vast hatred of Hillary, of all things Hillary Clinton. They've always been 100% sure before they had any evidence that there was no collusion and there would never be any collusion. And they were proven right, right to some degree in the last, uh, I don't know, week and a half, right? So my point is you would never hear Ben Shapiro. Not a bad example. Who You would never hear Milo Yiannopoulos mm-hmm. shitting on... Ben Shapiro for being wrong about the Benghazi thing. Right. 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 Okay. Who's a, who's a, who was a Benghazi pusher? Who was somebody who pushed Benghazi on the right in the media? Um, I don't know. Like, oh, Limbaugh. Limbaugh, right? Right. Rush I was Limbaugh. about to say him. Yeah. Perfect yeah. example. Been around fucking forever. Is just an avatar of like right wing, uh, you know, legacy media. Right. You would never hear um, Milo Yiannopoulos. Or, uh, I don't know, somebody else that's like that. Some fucking, I don't know, even Ben Shapiro. Shit, I don't know. You would never hear a far-right voice shitting on Rush Limbaugh and ripping and, and, and like, declaring a fatwa on his his wing of the party mm. because he was wrong about Benghazi. And yeah, it's easy to say like, okay, well, that's because the left is intellectually honest and the right is not, and that's true. <laughs> right. <laughs> but enjoy being intellectually intellectually honest. It enjoy does nothing. It. Enjoy nothing it for anyone. All the way to the fucking bank. I don't know. I don't. I was gonna say to losing, but like that's all you'll <laughs> fucking continue to do and, and continue be like. By the way, I am one of these people who says I don't give a fuck about uh, the Russia collusion thing because. The thing that everybody on the left complains about is that, oh, well, and all progressives complain about, oh, this is going to be a distraction. This is going to be a huge win for for Trump. And this is going to be, um, you know, something that he'll be able to hang his hat on. There's no proof of that. There's no evidence of that, honestly. Like, mm. what happened after Hillary Clinton was completely exonerated from any anything in Benghazi? She fucking lost. Right. She right. Her, her name got dragged through the mud for like four years. And she fucking lost. So if your ultimate goal, again, is this guy losing, like actually beating this guy and replacing him with whatever the fuck amalgamation rises out of this fucking Democratic primary, if that's what your goal is, I don't know, try to be a little bit more like the fucking Republicans, at least insofar as winning a fucking election or two. I feel um, like we've been saying this for a long time, too. Yeah, yeah, It's for just, sure. it's all coming to a head right now, all over again, though. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. I don't know, man. Like, again, if you if you have a position on, on the Russia collusion thing that is anything other than not having an opinion, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. You're just wrong. Another thing where it's like, don't have an opinion on this. Don't dance on the grave, because next week, there'll be some ridiculous fucking... Uh, by the way, like I've heard this from a lot of the these these uh, reporters and media members of the media who um, are on the left and have been basically deplatformed as a result of their pushback against the narrative of Russia collusion, which is fucked up because I think it's going to turn out that they were mostly right, and they're gonna they're gonna hold it up as a situation where like uh, Iraq. Like, oh, we were right, and there were no penalties for the people who were wrong, uh, and the, the lies that happened and perpetuated and allowed this to happen. Here's the thing. Nobody fucking died as a result of the collusion uh, narrative that was pushed by Rachel Maddow. Rachel Maddow didn't result in... Did, Rachel Maddow's subscription to this crackpot theory and her hundreds and hundreds of hours of talking about it on television didn't really lead to anybody dying. 
Um, maybe I can be proven wrong by that. Maybe there were some, I don't know, maybe there were some hate crimes against Russians or something, but I, I missed that if that was the case. Possible. Yeah, and the Russophobia, okay, yeah, like that's something that's actually happening in the real world, not just on fucking in media or in stupid-ass uh, campaign videos and campaign stops where people are trying to take advantage of, how are you even going to fucking identify, like, let's get those Russians, really? You Like, it's still way more dangerous to be virtually almost anything else in this fucking country other than Russian. Um <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. I just think it's ridiculous. Uh, oh, yeah, the, the fact that these guys and girls may have been deplatformed or have been silenced or not invited on. You know, like Glenn Greenwald hasn't been invited on MSNBC or CNN. And that sucks, right? I mean, that's shitty that, that, that leftists aren't welcome on traditional media platforms that you kind of, that, that I think the uninformed people think are leftist media platforms like you're right, never going right. to see a real leftist on cnn no of course not you won't see them you'll see I mean, them they, they don't about. even like, talk about bernie talk, and, and that's not even about that bernie. far they talk about bernie they talk about aoc you know the talking about the leftists i guess it's, it's weird because it's kind of reductive but like to say that but talking about progressives or leftists or socialists is great ratings but talking to them is just a bridge too far. It's not done. Like, mm-hmm. never ever have them on. You know, uh, don't uh, don't ever let a David Sirota on television. Don't ever let a um, you know a Glenn Greenwald on television unless it's Fox and it's Tucker Carlson who has no fucking standards and is just doing it to be able to say that he did it. Um, yeah, I don't know. And also, that feeds into the their 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 general feeling of like. The, those media figures on the left who are, have been deplatformed, it, gen, it it feeds into their like joy, right? I mean, it feeds into their um, their their Schadenfreude. I don't know how you say that word. Schadenfreude of uh, I've, heard, I've I've heard that word before. Yeah, like the 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 like dark sort of joy you get out of the pain of others. Yeah, and yeah. like like well deserved pain of others. Well, that where, would be a good David Rosen album title. <laughs> it's pretty dark. I've been talking too long. I'm done talking about this. <laughs> I don't know how you got me started on this topic. I don't even want yeah, to. I don't know. We, we really went on a journey there. I I, really I, I enjoyed it this. though. It was a lot of uh, a lot of good twists and turns along the way. And and you know the, the funny thing is that we're right back at the at the beginning of uh, just it's just being hopeless. That's right where we're back to. Anybody to anybody the, uh... anybody that can suck their own dick. That's what I'll go mm-hmm. for. And, but they have to prove it. I bet Andrew Yang can. Andrew Yang for sure can, dude. He looks, <laughs> he looks limber as hell. 